The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. One evening in January 1973, 14-year-old Dolly Saffron gazed out the window of her home near the Florida Everglades. Without warning, a UFO dropped from the sky and hovered in her backyard. To her shock, Dolly could see thin gray-skinned figures with large dark eyes staring back at her. Frightened, she dived under her bed to hide. At that moment, her bedroom filled with a blazing blue light. The next thing she knew, morning had arrived. She was lying on the floor wearing somebody else's pajamas. She had been taken again. This was not her first episode of missing time. It had happened many times before. Only this time, something different happened. Dolly remembered. In fact, she remembered everything. For most of her life, Dolly has kept her encounters a complete secret. But now, she has agreed to come forward and tell the world the truth about the UFO presence on our planet. ETs are not abducting people against their will. They are not here to hurt anyone or take over our planet. The truth is, they are here to help, to heal, to guide, and enlighten. They are here, Dolly says, to ensure that everyone survives the many challenges facing humanity today. Get ready for close encounters of the ultimate kind, the Dolly Saffron story. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy, rebounders, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Dolly Saffron began her life journey already a generational contactee. Her father, an airborne ranger in the U.S. Army, was also a contactee from an early age. Growing up was challenging for Dolly as occurrences of disappearing from her home, psychic phenomena, and unseen friends causing anxiety for her mother. Until the age of 14, Dolly's memories were not fluid. She knew strange things were happening, but could not connect reality to them. It took a huge push to fight for her conscious recall to remain intact. After gaining awareness, her life took on purpose. Nursing began her journey. Then she began serving as a civilian worker in the U.S. Department of the Treasury and also in the Army as a Department of Defense employee. Life changed those trajectories suddenly, and she was happy to become a zookeeper and an animal baby mama for a private zoo and sanctuary in Florida all while being taught by and working with E.T. Dolly's decision to break her silence is now an imperative for her. Her story has also been captured by the author Preston Dennett. The book is titled Symmetry, A True UFO Adventure. Dolly Saffron joins us from South Florida. And directly from Blue Ridge, Georgia, I'd like to introduce Dolly Saffron. Hello, Dolly, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. And I'm happy to be here. My pleasure. Well, 
Preston Dennett did an outstanding job encapsulating your story. He's a great author, a great researcher who I admire. He's been on this show before. And I decided to call you directly because, you know, sometimes people are no longer with us, and I understand that. But if I can get the testimonial directly from the witness, why not, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. There's something you said at the beginning of the book. You said that there's a quote. You say, I am two different people. I live two separate lives. What do you mean by that before we begin? Um. <clears throat> It's uh, basically, I'm a human living on this planet with everybody else. I'm living a day-to-day -day life. I have karma like everyone, but I also live with ET. And I commune with them and communicate with them constantly. And it is uh, totally different uh, living conditions and uh, um, emotional, mental, all of it. It's totally different. I'm two different people. That's what I thought you meant. That's really what I thought you meant, but I wanted you... Say it yourself. Now, I always like to go in chronological order because I don't want to leave any stone unturned. Take us back okay. to that night after midnight in late January 1973 in South Florida while you were outside stargazing with your telescope at the age of 14, not far from where I used to live in Kendall. Oh, my goodness. Um, how about that? Um, I was out in the backyard. I, I was taking astronomy lessons at the... Um, Uh, the Miami uh, Transit Planetarium. And I was doing homework that night and it was a school night. I was out late and my dad, you know, we always left our windows open at night, <clears throat> excuse me, back in those days. And so he said, go to bed. It's almost one in the morning. So I packed down my scope and came in the house and went to my room, got my jammies on, brushed my teeth. And instead of going right to sleep, because I don't sleep a lot, it's not my nature to do so, I sat on the edge of my bed by the jalousied windows in my room. And as you know, in Florida, they're huge. Um, they can be. And uh, just looking up at the sky, it was a beautiful night. <clears throat> it was a good night to look. Orion was up, my favorite constellation, and I just couldn't help myself. Uh, prior to that, I had been trying for a long time to decide how I was going to proceed with myself because I was having contact, but it wasn't fluid in my memory. In other words, I had snatches of memories. I knew what was happening to me, and I wanted to prove it to myself. I wanted to stay awake all the time. I was starting to think maybe I'm crazy and I needed help. As I was looking up in the sky that night, I saw hundreds of lights in the sky that were not stars. And I thought, oh, my God, what's going on? Uh, they paired up into twos, you know, and some went north, east, west, and south. <clears throat> uh, two of them came down over our area. Uh, two of One of them went toward Dadeland Mall on Kendall. And uh, the other one came down where we were out in the glades. I was well past, ugh, back in those days, we were well past 134th Avenue. It's way out in the glades. And uh, we were like way south of Tamiami Trail. And um, it came down over our property and over our home. <clears throat> and I saw it change colors as it was coming down. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is my chance. You know, I'm going to remember this. And I started memorizing, ticking it off in my memory, you know, like a movie camera, just tick, 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 watching it. And when it came down, uh, I had two huge trees in my backyard. <clears throat> Sorry. 
Um, one of them was one of those, uh, I call them prayer plant trees that leaves, if you touch them, they fold off. It was huge. And it was right outside my window. And as it came down, all the leaves started folding up and they started whipping around like there was a wind. And I was like, my God, what am I looking at? And as this thing came down, it finally, uh, I could see that it was metallic, it was a craft. And I'd never seen anything like it in my life and that I could remember. And I started memorizing it. By the time I got up to the ports, I could see one being in each port staring me dead in the face, looking at me directly, and I panicked. And I turned, and I was going to dive under my bed. I, where are you going to go in that situation? And as I made the turn, my whole room blasted me with blue-white light, and I froze. And then the next thing I know, I'm waking up on the floor in my room, uh, dazed and pissed off because there went my memory that night, gone, you know? I remembered all the way up to where the blue light was, but nothing after that for that moment. And I was crying. I was upset. I was, why am I on my floor? It's 3.34 o'clock in the morning, and I can hear my mom in the kitchen. She's cooking breakfast for my father, who left by 4.35 o'clock every day. And um, I was like, crap, you know, uh, excuse my French. And so I I started to get up. I was going to change and get ready for school. And then I realized I'm not wearing my pajamas something's wrong. I'm wearing somebody else's and they're backwards inside out. And I started to like freak a little bit. And uh, I ran in the bathroom. I took them off. I got in the shower, got dressed and ran out to the kitchen because now I'm freaking. I need to talk. You know, um, my mom was cooking. She said, make coffee. I made the coffee. I sat down at the table in the kitchen and I'm like, mom, did y'all see anything last night? You know, did you hear anything? See lights? When anything. And she turned around and said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, you know, like UFOs. And she, she hated the subject. My whole life has been incident after incident after incident and drove her crazy. Um, and she said, no, stop talking. And I sat there defeated. And then I thought, no, I can't stop this conversation. I got to find a way to talk to her. And I drank my first cup of coffee that morning. And as I was sitting there mulling over, how do I bring this back up again? She always played the radio in the morning. You remember Paul Harvey used to be on the radio all the time at Miami. The rest of the story. And, yeah. And uh, the news came on. And the newscaster, first thing out of his mouth, uh, two Dadeland police officers saw UFOs last night and described the whole thing. <laughs> I lost my mind. I started jumping up and down. I was like, ah! <laughs> you know, help me. Oh, my God. This is real. This is real. She, I was emotionally freaking out and she whipped around on me again and she said, get out of my kitchen. You're dreaming. This is not real. Get out. And I thought, oh my God, I can't go against this, her. She's my mom and I know better. So I ran out the door when I did, my dad was right there and he said, calm down, calm down. Uh, go, go calm down. You're over the top. I mean, he saw I was freaking out. He said, I got to come in the kitchen and eat my breakfast. You know, we'll talk about this later. Just go calm down. And I only have one private room in our home. It's the bathroom. So I went in there, shut the lights off, shut, locked the door, slunk to the floor and thought, oh, my God, how am I going to remember all of this? Um, I started replaying it in my mind second by second by second. And by the time I got to where the light flashed, um, I started to uh, have recall. I don't know if you've ever recalled something suddenly and have it punch you in the head. It's nauseating. It hit me so hard, it made me sick. Um, I got an instant headache from it. I started to just ball and ball and ball because, oh, my God, I'm remembering. 
what I remembered was literally almost everything all the way back to the beginning of my life. I mean, things were coming at me right and left. I, I mean, I was really starting to get sick in there. I didn't know what to do. I started shaking. Um, my memory was literally when that light hit me, I saw an energy ribbon come down through the room. And I saw those two beings that I saw on the ports come down this ribbon to me. And um, I'm thinking, how the, you know, what? And I'm looking at them from the side of my eye because I'm not facing where they are. And one walked around to me and he took me by the arm and turned me and walked me over to this ribbon and put my hand on it with his hand on top of me. And my whole room turned opaque, white light opaque. And I felt funny. And the next thing I know, I'm going up with this guy, little guy, and I'm going toward my ceiling and I'm thinking, oh no. And we went right through it. We went through the tree. We came up to this craft and the ribbon wasn't like going in a door or anything. It was like coming up along this side of it. And when we got up alongside of it, that I saw that there was an open hatch, you know, like a, like just suddenly there was an opening. And once my feet got up, to the level of where that opening was, he shoved me in and I landed on my keister inside the door and they came in behind me. And the next thing I know, that door just appeared shut. In other words, I didn't see how it shut, but it was just suddenly no more door. And I looked over and there was a woman sitting next to me. I was on a, on a, I guess you would call it a bridge. And there were, uh, four seats, uh, one of them was like a command chair, and then the others were like a, a some sort of an odd type of seating, couchy kind of thing. And she was sitting there staring at me, and I realized, oh, my God, I know who this is. And uh, she's a tall gray, and I called her Mama. I met her the first time when I was almost six years old. I remembered her, and I started to really, really shake and freak out at that point, and I puked all over myself through a bad. Um, I was literally holding in in the shirt of my pajamas, freaking out. I mean, I was just like, <laughs> I was totally <laughs> weird. Okay. And these, one of these little gray guys came up to me and said, you know, in my head, come. And I got up and they wrapped something around me to contain my emissions and took me down to a place where they cleaned me up. They got me something to wear. It was like a smock, you know, dressy kind of smock thing. And, uh, brought me back up. But by this time I'm going into cold dead shock because of what's happening to me. I mean, I really remember everything at this point. I didn't even know how to think, let alone. It was just like everything was pounding me in my head. It was excruciating. And uh, they decided that at that point that I needed, I was going into shock. I mean, physical shock from it. And she asked them to walk me around the craft and show me everything, ground me to my surroundings because I knew where it was. And um, they took me on a tour of the craft. I mean, I saw everything. Uh, they even took me to a room that was my room. I had a bed, like a little alcove. I had a book in there. I had uh, a brush on the table that I thought I lost. <laughs> it was my fuller brush. <laughs> I thought I lost it. It was right there. And uh, they gave me something to drink. And that helped calm me down. And then they took me back up to where Mama was on the bridge. And they sat me down. And... Uh, as soon as I sat there staring at her, I hear this voice in my head say, hey, kiddo, how you doing? And then I realized, oh, my God, it's the craft. This is Talata. He is a uh, 
interdimensional entity that actually indwells the craft and runs it. Okay. Um, every every ET craft there is are indwelt by entities. These crafts are built to be biological so that the entity that indwells it can run it, use it like a body. Is it AI um, or is it a living, living being that embodies the craft? It is a living, non-corporeal entity from the fifth, about the fifth dimension. Not AI? No, the AI that came down to get me were AI, little teeny gray AI, little teeny guys. Biological Um, robots. Yes. And you can turn them off. They do not stay awake all the time. They, uh, they can, you can stack them up in a corner when they're off and they walk around. They're very intelligent. They can learn, they can make decisions about things where they're at. They're that intelligent, but they're not, they have no soul. They're just AI. Um, they, they've been, they're sort of like their workforce space is a very dangerous place. And when they're outside, uh, planets that have magnetospheres in their deep space, it is as heavy gamma radiation is everywhere and it'll eat you alive if you're in it for too long. And they don't spend a lot of time out there. They send the AI to do the heavy work for them. And, uh, so these guys were piloting the small craft that picked me up and took me up to, you know. Um, a bigger craft, which I eventually went to that day. Um, once I grounded and I knew where I was and I knew Talata was talking to me, he, they wanted to literally have a long conversation with me about who I was, what I was doing, what I decided to do with my life, and did I want to work and be with them. I was being invited into their society and I was uh, being told that I am sort of, we're all... <laughs> They are our progenitors, okay? They are our parents. We are related to them. Um, some of them absolutely directly. And uh, the, especially the tall grays and what you would call a tall white. We are, they are our parents. We are genetically, they're human. They, we are just like them. And we may look differently, but we evolved away from each other. So, we, you know, when you're in spot two, you look different because of the what you're coming in contact with all the time. They're hairless. The grays are hairless because of the amount of gamma they take. Um, and they're also in an environment on the craft that's very electrified. And it's like constant electrolysis. You just lose your hair. and They're gone with it. It doesn't exist on their bodies anymore. Obviously, um, Dolly, there's a hierarchy, I believe. I mean, as you said, the biorobots, the, the, the short grays, they're biorobots without a, a soul. But then you have mama, right. which is the tall gray, the tall gray. But you also have the tall yes. whites. Which of the two is higher in the, let's say, food chain? Oh, they're all pretty equal. They're, um, they're, they've, these entities, these beings have been around for so long. They've worked together for so long that um, everybody's equal to everybody else. They are wide open psychic. They hear everything everybody thinks. They don't have like a government like we would call a government. They have a, a cooperative um, together. There's no king, there's no queen, there's no president, none of that. There's no army, nothing. They are uh, entities that have interests. They cooperate with one another. They do things together, and it's uh, they're just all known to one another. They work together, they play together, and they hang out. And they do what they do. Uh, these are very scientific beings. These are beings who are evolving as we are. They're uh, learning as we are. They're extremely advanced from us. And when I say wide open psychic, I'm not kidding you. On a level that um, 
it's really hard to explain to you. It's like they seem like they're magic to us, and they're not. They're just psychic, and they know how to manipulate uh, light. They um, they travel by light. They know how to open what I would describe as a light gate and go hundreds and thousands of light years across the galaxy. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.